Welcome Mandalorian Fakers to the Mando Roundup, brought to you by FakingStarWars.net. It's time to kick back at the saloon with a dust stick or two and enjoy this week's recap of the Mandalorian. Ah, bounty hunting is the life, wouldn't you agree? Grogu, 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 come here, Grogu, come here, little Grogu. Oh, oh, we're recording. Sorry. Um, welcome to the Mando Roundup. This is brought to you by FakingStarWars.net. This is a sister podcast of our other podcast, the Faking Star Wars Radio. Be sure to subscribe and comment on both of those podcasts. I'm here in the studio with the lovely, the sensational, the samurai-esque. Gemma the Hutt. How's it going, Gemma? Why isn't it a brother podcast, you sexist? I know. <laughs> yeah, it should be. Or some non-androgynous, or androgynous sibling, sibling co- podcast. podcast. Um, and apparently, Grogu is definitely not androgynous. He has a gender, and that gender is is masculine. So does it mean they have to change his little diapers and... Apparently. I wonder if he's circumcised. Oh. (laughs) Um, Well, anyway, we are here to round up the latest episode of The Mandalorian, which is called The Jedi, directed by Dave Filoni himself. I thought you had a different name for this episode. Oh, uh, Crouching Tano, Hidden Grogu. Uh, I guess that's what I'm calling it. I prefer Crouching Mando, Hidden Grogu. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's also good, but um, mine's better because I have a... I am masculine, so... Hey, you're the sister podcast. Right, that's right, that's right. Um, We have a great episode. We're going to hear from Gemma the Hutt uh, with her synopsis, and we'll get into last week's predictions and discuss this episode, as always. Um, But, you know, before that, uh, Gemma, I just wanted to say that, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, men like myself actually shaved their balls with the same razor as their face. Can I'm just going to interrupt you real quick, though. Yeah? Um, I am so tired of hearing about your Death Stars. Um, I think maybe you could um, tell us about Manscaped from the perspective of what it would be like for a Wookiee. A Wookiee, right, exactly. Well, I, I mean, a Wookiee definitely could use this product as well. Um, actually, both genders of Wookiee would probably find it very useful. But, um, you know, we just want to say that uh, this product is absolutely a game changer. It is forever changing the grooming game with the perfect package 3.0 uh this is manscaped.com uh, go to manscaped.com and buy the perfect package 3.0 don't be the hairiest jedi in the resistance uh, they sent me this as a promotional thing Gemma, and i really wasn't sure what to do with it because it's been a while since i had shaved down there but with the zeal of a newly uh crowned jedi i took to the shower it's completely waterproof and the skin safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your two best friends the blade is actually made out of ceramic and it can be replaced with time so if it gets you know old um, and you want a fresh new one you can order that as well Um, but this is an awesome product for men Uh, too often men's grooming is kind of you know thrown by the wayside uh, and we're we're sort of mocked for caring about our appearance you know this really isn't about appearance this is about comfort and uh, just taking care of yourself down there so tell me what would a Wookiee do to take care of themselves down there well, uh, I recommend shaving it uh, up, you know, regularly. Um, it's much easier in the shower. It actually has a light on the uh, the razor. It's called the Lawnmower 3.0, and it's one of the things you'll find in this uh, package, the Perfect Package 3.0, brought to you by Manscaped. 
One of the most powerful forces in the galaxy is your lightsaber. Keep yours clean with the Lawnmower 3.0. Even R2-D2 and C-3PO would be impressed by this revolutionary technology. If you know anything about me, Gemma, you know that I am sort of a creature of habit. Uh, so it was sort of a, a little bit of an ask for me to want to try this product out. But once I did, I realized why Manscaped is storming the nation in terms of men's uh, hygiene. It is so easy and actually kind of fun and and relaxing to 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 shave down there and to feel like you've you've done something for yourself that actually makes you feel good um like i said it's it's going to make you feel much more comfortable they provide in the th- uh, perfect package 3.0 they provide the crop preserver which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant moisturizer uh, makes things smell nice and feel nice um, and since you're already putting deodorant on your armpits why aren't you putting them on the smelliest part of your body for on-the-go freshness you will love the crop reviver ball toner spray as well these two products kind of work in tandem and they both come with the perfect package 3.0 i love that name don't you Gemma? the perfect package 3.0. and robots will compliment you on your genitals yes they will that's you know not only robots but i'll have to say my death stars once you shave down there they they kind of look bigger as well which is <laughs> a big confidence booster you can get right now 20% off with free shipping with the code FSWRadio at manscaped.com. It's time to become a Jedi master of your grooming game with a perfect package 3.0. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FSWRadio at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code FSWRadio, all in caps. That's FSWRadio, all in caps. May the force be with your balls. Well, Gemma, it's an interesting episode. You know, this is the um, fifth of the season, and I would say, boy, it was a doozy in terms of plot and uh, a lot of exposition. Um, Where are we with last week's predictions? I think you did better than I did again. Yeah, well, I mean, I definitely predicted that we're going to see Ahsoka, but as I recall, I thought it was going to be sort of an end-of-episode cliffhanger sort of thing and that we are going to see Luke Skywalker as well. So, boy, was I wrong about that. You were really, really wrong about that, though, right? But I am mostly right again with the saving villages that's my 100% prediction all the time so I'm always right this was a kind of another save the village episode uh, with a magistrate um, Morgan Elsbeth her name was who is in charge of this unfortunate Chinese village <laughs> or is it a Japanese village a I don't Korean know Korean village that's yeah all right well uh, Gemma would you like to give us your brief synopsis of this week's episode of the Mandalorian I would love to. Um, that is part of my job here. So the episode starts out like a B-horror movie where something is killing people in the mist. So there's a lot of atmosphere in this episode. That's very memorable. So um, anyways, uh, the person out there killing people in the mist like a serial killer is Ahsoka Tano. Did I say that right? Ahsoka Tano. How do you spell that? It's spelled A-H-S-O-K-A. That doesn't make any sense. Anyways, so um, she's out there and she's like hey bad guy in the village stop being so mean to this village you got one day to stop being mean to this village and in the meantime um the mandalorian single dad um lands on this planet because he's looking for daycare and he's all like hey will you be my daycare for grogu and she's all like i can't take care of this grogu but like help me save this village and then they save the village and she's like sorry about your luck i can't be your daycare and then she sends him off to some other daycare and that was the end of it 
The Mandalorian has a history now of getting into deals we're going to talk about maybe in a little bit. Um, but, you know, the, the central tension in this episode is sort of like go into the castle, leave the castle, go back into the castle, leave the castle. Like I think they went in and out of it like 16 times, either the Mando or Ahsoka. Uh, and it's all because this little village is taken over by this this woman who seems to be sort of like queen-esque. So, you know, who is the magistrate, Magistrate Morgan Elsbeth, and why is she in this show at all? I don't think there is any reason she's in it, and I don't think she's important at all because the running theme is save the village, find some daycare. Find some daycare, save the village. So she's just part of saving the village. So is she going to get her own pop doll, or is she not even going to get to that level of of stardom duper even i have my own pop doll and i'm on the z list <laughs> so she's clearly gonna get at least three different versions of her own pop doll pez dispenser lego figure with the with the uh, spear without the spear that was kind of a cool thing she did have a, a, a sphere a spear um but other than that, i don't think she's important at all right so she's really just there for the plot of this show this episode yeah but mm. i've been wrong i've been wrong in the past i could be wrong now yeah, I I didn't think she was important at all. Uh, kind of a, a throwaway villain character. We don't know anything about her. I don't think we're going to find anything about her. So, What does Baby Grogu love about the top to that gear shifter on the Razor Crest so much? That is an important question, which goes back a little bit to the synopsis of the show, which is why is the Mandalorian always trying to look for daycare for this kid? And I think part of the reason is that he just has no idea um, what what this little tiny baby space Pikachu is about and so he's constantly looking for answers and so I don't know the gear shifts a little bit of a hint to the emotional connection and you know some other meta stuff I heard somebody say that it might mean that he's obsessed with the Death Star that he may have spent time on the Death Star in his past life I think that's looking for uh, Easter eggs and meaning where there is absolutely none so it's just yet another throwaway moment here in The Mandalorian that we will never learn more about, huh? Cute little animals like round, shiny things, you know, <laughs> like cats, ravens, dogs. They all love cute little round, shiny things. It's totally normal. End of story, I Nothing guess. to see here. So when is The Mandalorian going to get tired, uh, poor Din Djarin, when is he going to get tired of making bad deals with people who use him for his Beskar Mando skills? That's like his hobby, though. He just goes around saving villages for peanuts. Yeah. Like and little hints. Even like Ahsoka Tano, like a former Jedi, like she's a virtuous woman. She also is like using him to get him to help her like break in and find out where this Grand Admiral Thrawn character is. And then in the end, she's like, no, sorry, not going to help you. You got to go off on your own to some unknown planet, to some precarious mountaintop seeing stone, and just screw you. I'm done with you. <laughs> Boy, I would I'm love, feeling really bad for the Mandalorian at this point. Love to see an episode where he doesn't make a bad deal and doesn't promise to save a village. Like, these villagers are like, help us. And he's like, nah, I'm okay. You'd expect a, a guy of his sort of, you know, uh, pr you know, um, purview as a as a uh, bounty hunter to be a little bit more savvy with who he makes deals with, but no, he's very naive about it. Well, he's sheltered. He was in a cult the entire time. Right, and he's just kind of like wandering through this village, like vendor, vendor, can you help me? I'm helpless. <laughs> <laughs> Let me do you some massive favor for little. It's like Payback at I'm, all. I'm wearing a $12.6 billion armor suit. Can you help me? <laughs> yeah. And who calls people vendor? <laughs> right, right. Oh, gosh. That was very cringy. 
<laughs> so where uh, there are a lot of like weird references in this to, to things that people might not have known about all the way from like Ahsoka Tano's owl, a Morai, who's like the spirit uh, force being that's been following her around sort of like a little lost puppy for years and years. Um, that's in there in a tree. Um, you know, the stuff with Grand Admiral Thrawn, people may not have any idea who that is. So there's all these references to Star Wars canon stuff in the past. So where can casual fans like yourself go to buy a book explaining all the obscure Star Wars references to actually understand anything happening in this show? I mean, I was mildly interested in Grand Admiral Thong, the Thong Thong Thong. But other than that, I mean, I, I could take this stuff or leave it. I know they're going to explain it all to me anyways because it's Disney. Do you even know what color Grand Admiral Thrawn's skin is, Gemma the Hutt? Uh, I'm guessing blue or green or red. <laughs> it is blue. Ooh! Good guess, yeah. <laughs> so um, you can always get that between blue, green, and red. That's basically every character ever. He's not turquoise, though, so they'll be going in a new, direfer, new direction if we see him. No, no, no. No, we'll get to him, and he'll be turquoise, and he'll be eating turquoise macaroons. There you go. <laughs> drinking turquoise drinks All in right. his turquoise house. Before ruling the galaxy, there's nothing I like to do more than eat turquoise macaroons with my friend, baby. No. Yeah. So, so for people who are not into this, I don't even think that it matters. It's just going to go all over our heads and then they're going to explain the story in the simplest way possible. But you're kind of more of a nerd. So why don't you tell us more about these obscure references? I mean, I don't actually know that much about Grand Admiral Thrawn, except that there's actually two versions of him. There was the Timothy Zahn trilogy about him, which uh, was basically... I believe near the end of the Return of the Jedi period after that. And then recently they've, they brought him back in Rebels, Star Wars Rebels, with some new novels also written by Timothy Zahn and others. But it's a different storyline, and I don't think they intersect perfectly. So they, they can't, they're like mutually exclusive. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's a very evil-minded Chiss character. He's a genius, so he's like the smartest man in the galaxy. Um, doesn't use the Force, but he's sinister and evil, and he loves to put people in those round cages that we saw and electrify them. That's kind of his calling card. So I have a question. Um, why is he so bad? That I don't know. I don't know about his backstory or why he hates everybody so much. Um, maybe if we do get a Grand Admiral Thrawn spinoff miniseries, they'll go into his deep psychosis um, a little bit more clearly for the super fans. So that's an interesting thing in this series. I think it was one of the themes of this actual episode is like, why is anybody bad? And it's all like, oh, you've had a bad childhood and you're scared of stuff. You're going to be bad. So I don't know if they're really giving... Uh, um, baby yoda grogu gogurt miracle grogu i don't think they're really giving him a fair shot yeah he's basically screwed because he was you know he suffered greatly in the jedi, jedi temple after the purge and was you know dark times is the word that was used that's sort of um a star wars lingo or euphemism for we don't want to write the backstory yet like he got sex trafficked or something? Possibly, yeah, or child trafficked. I mean, maybe he was a slave working on the mines of Kessel, you know, uh, baby uh, baby Grogu. I don't know if I like this theme of like, ooh, you've had a bad childhood, so you're going to be a bad guy, definitely. Right, uh, right. I don't, know if I, I don't know if I like that. Well, um, the, the thing about a thing about baby Grogu that we did learn is that he, he has been trained. He, he is sort of a Padawan learner, as it were, um, and Ahsoka seemed to take to him 
his uh, take to him with great zeal, and she really liked talking to him. Uh, and that's what it really surprised me uh, at the end of the episode, after she found out the information, presumably that she wanted about Grand Admiral Thrawn. Why doesn't Ahsoka Tano go with Mandalorian at the end uh, to help Baby Grogu? What what is she what has she got uh, left on this planet? She's already dis- defeated the uh, the ma- the magistrate. So what's left for her there? I mean, uh, she's probably going somewhere else, and also she doesn't want to be an all pair because that's a heavy theme in this <laughs> show. Is he's always looking for a babysitter? Her and Pelimoto can yep. be, uh, and all, all the ladies in the show are like, no thanks, I've got other things to do. Huh. I guess I can see that. I mean, she definitely does seem to have other stuff to do, but um, in my mind, if I were if I were a Sokotano and I just met this cute little baby uh, who could use the Force, I would be all about that, man. I'd be all over. I mean, she, she seems like she's a bit of a spinster. You know, she probably never had any children of her own. So Duper. this could be like a nice surrogate child for her. Duper. She's got other villages to save. <laughs> so how disappointed were you? that Grogu's name does not start with a Y, much like Yoda or Yaddle. I was 0% disappointed. (laughs) I like the fact that he's not a Y name, but I do have to say this is a little bit of a you know, wokeness for us because uh, for for the longest time there were only Y names in Yoda species, and it was a bit of Y privilege. And so I like to see Disney breaking that down in this liberal or liberal um, era that we are all embodying so, now. I don't care whether it's Y or not. I just wish they would have come up with something that was a little easier to pronounce because the only way I could remember it was by saying to myself, "Miracle grow goo." Miracle grow goo. Oh yes, or yeah. like because um, you're like grew grew go gurt or yeah grow grew grew gorgon grogu the the gorgon yeah yeah nobody's gonna get this right for like months that's for sure that's for sure well we that's why we gotta have a t-shirt on our t-shirt store uh, bit.ly slash fsw merch well, that says you know uh, my name is grogu that's, how how do they decide to spell grogu and uh, what's its language of origin it's yeah we don't know those are all amazing details there's going to be an entire 16 part comic book on the linguistic uh, etymology of the name grogu i'm sure i will be waiting for bated <laughs> breath for that one so uh beskar rating on a scale of 1 to 10 I would give this episode about a seven, maybe eh, six and a half, seven. The beginning five minutes uh, with with uh, ah, were incredible. Uh, the interior stuff with the Asian theme, I loved that. Um, but some of the uh, backstory uh, with Grogu was a little thin for me, and and just seemed sort of like um, pandering, if you will. Duper. You're being a stingy old fart. I would give this a nine and a half. And the only reason I'm not giving it a 10 is that it was really hard to see on a TV during the daytime. It was really dark, wasn't it? It was really dark. dark. It was the the lighting was a little bit weird. And that was my only complaint. This was a perfect episode. It had village saving. (laughs) It had searches for daycare. It had some interesting female characters. You're just being a stingy old Scrooge. A stingy old Grogu, yes. Um, <laughs> Grogu McDuck. <laughs> well, here's my prediction for next episode, which we don't. I don't know anything about. I have to be honest. I have not received any leaks about that. So here you go. Are you ready? Sure. I think we're finally going to have an episode of just kind of calmness where nothing really happens. Um, it's going to be basically the Mandalorian and Grogu learning how to play chess or checkers on the Razor Crest, and then maybe suddenly at the end something amazing is going to happen. Like, say, for example... Uh, Boba Fett shows up, but it's going to be like a total nothing burger of an episode.
I'm going to go the opposite way this time because I'm always wrong. I think that actually everything is going to happen in this next episode. Because Gus Fring Pollo Harmonos is after um, the little Grogu in the Mandalorian. And he's going to catch up to them. And there's going to be a big old chase and lots of explosions. Lots of robot shooting stuff. That's what I think is going to happen. It, it is odd that there was no mention of um, the of a uh, Moff Gideon um, in this episode whatsoever, and the fact that he's being tracked. Maybe they're just setting him up. Maybe they knew that he was going to the planet Corvus where Ahsoka Tano is, and they didn't want to mess with her. And so, yeah, we we could see them come back and attack in this episode for sure. I don't think they're afraid of her. They've got the dark letter opener, so I think that they're they're just having trouble catching up. You know, like maybe they ran out of gas or they had to stop at a convenience store, but they're gonna catch up, and it's gonna be the next episode. My guess is then that if that if you're right, next episode we're actually going to see the kidnapping of Baby Grogu. That might be the title of the next episode: is the kidnapping. We'll just have to chill till the next episode. Right, right. Well, Gemma, that's all we have time for. I, for one, am looking forward to finding out just how evil little baby Grogu can get when he gets angry. Um, that's something that we might see as well in the coming episodes. Um, it's a, sort of a bit of a carry situation, you know. Uh, he, he could start setting the whole world on fire. <laughs> it's, he's still on the fence. Let's give him some time. <laughs> yeah, great. Okay, well, thanks a lot for listening. Again, you can find me on Twitter at StormDuper and Gemma the Hutt at Gemma the Hutt. Please visit FakingStarWars.net for all the comedy, satire, and parody about Star Wars you want in the galaxy. Um, and we'd also like to ask you to go to our Patreon at Patreon.com slash FakingStarWars. You know, we do this for free. Every dollar you can help donate uh, to keep this podcast going uh, is a huge, huge, huge help. Um, actually, to be honest with you, I was able to purchase a new digital audio workstation uh, to, to um, edit these episodes because of your generosity in the past. Um, and we, there's many, many things that we could use uh, in the studio here. So uh, we, we just really appreciate our patrons. Um, so if you get on there, that's patreon.com slash faking Star Wars. Um, and, and no amount is too small. You get a gift even for donating a buck a month. Um, so get on there. And also thanks again to our sponsor, manscaped.com. Again, you can get 20% off with free shipping just in time for Christmas with the code FSWRADIO at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code word FSWRADIO. Well, thanks a lot, everybody. Uh, May the foe be with you, and this is the way. <laughs>